welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your humble GM, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Samson Davis. I want a actual play podcast to come out and do the whole thing in the style of an NPR radio personality. Very calm, almost ASMR, but not quite. Just chill as fuck. But an actual play. An actual play. So, like, not welcome to Night Vale. No, not welcome to Night Vale. But still that sort of borderline ASMR. Yeah, but it doesn't get gross. It doesn't, like, do the thing. So you want a podcast that edges you. Yes. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> Stace Babcock. Fridays are for hangovers, and thank God, because I'm on my third <laughs> Mike's Hard Lemonade. Woo! Damn. Damn. And Alex Finn. I'm not sure if t- Daniel will leave this in the recording, but I burped so loud during his intro. It's a little bleh. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see, listeners, if he gives you a treat or not. If not, you know, just yeah. at him on Twitter. Where's my burps? Where's my burps? Where's my burp cut? The burp cut. <laughs> Those are for the high, high Patreon tiers. It's the extended Zack Snyder four-hour version of this one-hour episode. God, I hope it's only an hour. <laughs> Zack Snyder cut. It's technically better, but that's not saying much. <laughs> it's not worse. Okay. Who remembers what happened last time? I'm going to pick on Alex. Sure. Pick on the drunk one. I'm pretty sure that applies to all three of you. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you pick on the sober one? Yeah, it would have been unfair to pick the sober one. If there was one. There isn't a sober one. Max, he's my designated driver. Yeah, see right there, designated driver. So golly gee willikers, Batman. After we killed the guy, we decided to go back on watch because Dilly was still frozen. But Chacha covered all his visible skin with glow paint murals of horrors. After Dilly woke up, he got a ribbing about not pulling his weight and, you know, just kind of slacking off for hours on end, standing there slacking off. And then we went deeper into the forest and found a stink river and we followed the stink river and found some kissing deer. And Nix was like, I'm going to eat this. And she ate. She did. I'm sorry, did you say kissing deer or pissing deer? I mean, we're not both. So we found this family who was eating synth, like breaking it off with a hammer and just numbing down like it was normal. Everyone confirmed except Nick that it is not normal because rock candy exists. And after a while, we found out that somebody's flashing people and that's how you start eating synth. And then, so we went to their town to kind of figure it out. And that's when Cha-Cha became Baby Pack. And we went into the bar and Nyx is finding out the entire history of the door. Not like the Knights of New Hope. Guardians of Night's Hope. (laughs) I'm sorry, I couldn't let you suffer. Guardians of Night's Hope. Not like the Guardians of Night's Hope. But, like, the physical door that is in front of the bar. Mm-hmm. And so, Baby Pack and Bork went inside to talk to the owner, where we established that Baby Pack is a superior name to Bork. 
It is canon. It is fact. So Baby Pack has a gig where she's going to get, she's going to get 20% of the door. And then um, Icarus walked in, who is the person who told the people to go into the woods and eat synth until they were full, like a weirdo. And that's when it was revealed to him. No, it was revealed to Bork that Icarus is the contact he's been trying to make. And Chacha is just like sitting there like, oh, I think that was it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Vladislav has just introduced himself as Icarus to Dilly. Meanwhile, Nix is still over in the corner learning all about the history of this door and the door maker. And it's still been going on. They've been talking all about the door maker's family, about that time that all their livestock got sick. And even the stand-up moment at the doormaker's father's high school prom, where he stood up to a bully and then spent the rest of the night dancing with his wife. <laughs> Did they hear some nice new like music that they'd never heard before? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And that was for sure. Sully the bully, who is now the only doormaker in town. Well, not quite, because the bully. You know, they have a found a sort of lucrative business where they buy manure from the ranchers and sell them to the farmers. And it's they figured out how to be the middleman. I mean, they're essentially neck deep in manure all the time. So Sully the bully and Sully the current doormaker are two different people, which is a point of interest. Oh, yeah, there's some contention there. Nix clarifies that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they both have the same name, which, you know, in a small town like this is a little odd. But yeah, but they're like so different, like two sides of the same shin. Anyway, uh, Sully the Doormaker is the mayor now. Fascinating. And Sully the Bully it lives on the outskirts of town. Oh, dang. Did you know that some people here call him Latrine? It's a really mean nickname. <laughs> Are you serious? How long? No, he grew up here if he went to like. Oh, yeah, he grew up here. That's wild. Like I, uh, <laughs> I knew somebody, you know, that's my first time here. I knew someone else somewhere else who, who went by Latrine. Well, they hated it. The real name was Donald. Everyone called him Latrine because. <laughs> well, that's an improvement, isn't it? I That's like kind of what I was thinking, like, really. But everyone's call, called him Latrine because of the smell, not because of his like mode of work. Yeah, but even still. And he turns to his buddy, slaps him on the shoulder. You remember the last time you took a Donald? And the other guy laughs, says, oh, yeah, I was stuck in the outhouse for an hour. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to ask any further questions. Well, is Donald another name for, like, rock candy or? Uh, rock candy can sometimes get you to a Donald. Oh. But, you know, usually it's because you had something like a, he whispers, crap shot. Right. Um, so what do you personally think about Sully's new methods of door construction? Like. Are you a door traditionalist or? Oh, well, I mean, Sully hasn't been making doors in a while because he's been running the town. But yeah, I mean, the stuff he's made is good craftsmanship. I mean, he's an artist. 
does good work. So what are you going to do? Like if you need a new door, like who's going to run the town? Like it's solely going to drop everything and make the door like I don't understand. Oh, I'd probably go talk to Karen over there. Oh, Karen. Okay. And you see this woman, he kind of points out in the corner. She's got short cropped blonde hair, very practical. And she's just sitting in that corner eating by herself. Okay. So yeah. So Karen, so like, what's her story? Oh, man. Karen's a character. And then the other guy leans into you and says, Karen's a stone cold bitch. You know, mad respect for a stone cold bitch, right? Like, yeah, but it's, she's not cool. Like in the way you want a stone cold bitch to be like the battle she picks are bullshit. Like are other people's like fences, the right height. And you know, just stupid crap like that. Yeah, well, maybe she like just needs to like branch out, find some better, bigger fights. You know what I mean? Has she considered the benevolent society of travelers? Oh, those guys. Yeah, they show up uh, every few years or so, have a big get together outside of town. It'll be fun. Talk about exploration. But everybody knows it's the cult come recruiting. Um, right. The cult. Yeah. Come recruit. Who told you that they were a cult? Like, well, they're weird, right? I mean, they show up, they ask people to come out to this thing. They throw a party and then some of the people that go out there, they don't come back. They just leave their families and everyone that they love behind and we never see them again. Well, yeah, um, that does kind of sound right. Like... And they're kind of religious, right? I mean, doesn't that sound sort of culty? Well, they have, like, principles to live by, you know, like, tenets. But yeah, it's weird. Like, they get young people to come out, and they try to keep everybody awake for a long time. And then there's usually, like, some really charismatic person there trying to, you know, tell them about the tenets that are order. I mean, we just know what little from... Some of the people that made their way back from the event, it was a near thing for them. Yeah, that does sound accurate. Like, I have also uh, heard those things, but like, it's all about strengthening your body, strengthening your mind so that you can, <clears throat> they can, you know, assist other people on their journeys and like, help. Yeah, I think that was their pitch, right? And his buddy nods. I mean, have they, like, done anything bad? Like, everyone kind of seems to think that they're bad. And, like, I've never, well... <laughs> oh, everyone thinks they're bad? That's a relief. We were worried that that was just the impression we got here. Really? Because people leave? Or, like, is there some other reason? Have they done... Well, they have those gatherings, gather up all of our impressionable kids. And when they come back later to do more recruiting and we ask about those kids they can't tell us anything about them they can't give us answers as to where they are well that's because they, they they roam you know like far and wide and so like where are they we don't know you know like ah uh, man that just reminds me of when my dad told me that my sesky had moved up to a farm in the mountains and was playing but that sesky was dead the Sesky was dead? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, when a kid goes off with that group, we just go ahead and have a funeral for him here. Well, they're probably... I have met, like, my fair share of travelers, so they're probably not dead, strictly speaking. Like, 
Oh, God. That's horrible to think about. Oh, well, I mean, they're like, <laughs> they're like living life. Like they're wandering around and like walking, you know, like walking and like helping people and like punching stuff and like exploring. And that's like their whole shtick. Very, I hear, understand it's very freeing, you know. That sounds like a really hollow life. It does. It seems like it could be fulfilling, you know. Yeah, but nothing comes of it. Nothing gets established. It's just sort of, what's that word, transitory? Yeah, yeah. Nothing comes of it. Just empty. Well, your journey ends, right? Or like, so you help people on their journeys. You have your own journey. Your journey ends. Yeah, it's like it's all temporary, you know? Just, uh, I mean, they're just, that's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. That's her journey. And one of them raises their glass and says to Cameron, and they clink their glasses together. It's her journey. Doesn't matter that her mother took her own life a year after she left. All that matters is the journey. What? <laughs> like why why are like why are they leaving without their families knowing? Oh, they argue with their families before they go. But can we not talk about this anymore? It's really bumming me out. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um it's just it's like a plague. Every year or two, they show up and we lose more people. Okay. Uh, do, what, do you, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Looks on your faces right now. <laughs> Are You said they come around. Like, do you know when next? I know. Last time they were here was about two years ago. There's not a clear cut schedule. All right. Well, uh, thanks for the history of the doors. Like, that is so interesting. And like. What a collection of door makers. Honestly, I had no idea that it was a profession of such interesting and or irritating people. <laughs> I think if you really get into any kind of profession where crafting is involved, you discover it's way more involved than you thought it was. Oh, yeah, I believe it. No, for sure. I know a crafter and he is uh, unique as well. Yeah. <laughs> Good guy, though. Good guy. In fact, I should probably go check on him. It has been great talking. Like, I might be around for a while. I might not. I don't really know. So, um, say hi if you pass me on the street. Good luck. Thanks. Watch out for the travelers. Oh, They're always looking for people like you. I I will. Thank you. And Nick goes and joins, goes to stand next to Dilly. So, you go to stand next to Dilly. And Vladislav looks up at you and looks back at Dilly and says... None of you match your descriptions, so I assume you are doing that? Yep, that's me. Which one is this? This is Nyx, and this one is Chacha, and then Dilly turns to Chacha. Chacha, he's cool. He's cool. For now. But he's cool. Chacha is your contractor? Yes. All right. Good to know. And Vlad raises a hand in the air, and suddenly there are two black bubbles of sound and darkness around Nick's and Dilly's head, preventing either of you from being able to hear anything. And Vlad turns to Cha-Cha and says, Have you been being treated fairly? They've been paying on time and following the terms of your contract with them? I mean, they have not provided adequate art supplies. <laughs> Mm. And that was part of your agreement with them? 
It was agreed I could continue my profession as an entertainer. And mm. I think we were told that you would pay me. Mm. Okay, give me a social role of nine. Nineteen. Mm. Well, I'm probably the source of your payment, but it's up to them to work out the details with you within the project budget I assign them. I mean, like, I'm high in demand, so it's pretty steep rate to get me. Mm. What would you propose as a minor effect for your role? That technically, that's not a lie. That Chacha is in high demand. Just, you know, we don't have to mention what kind of demand. <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't mind, I just need to confirm with them for a moment. I mean, I go for it. But like, you're talking about like, if they're treating me fairly, and you're gonna confirm this with them? What if they're not treating me fairly? Trust me, I'll know if they're lying. Mm -hmm. And he snaps his fingers, and the balls disappear from Dilly and Nick's. You guys can suddenly see and hear again. Another ball appears around Cha-Cha's head. Although, Dilly, you notice that you can almost slightly see through the ball. You realize he's doing a one-way illusion very effectively. And he looks at you guys and says, are you fulfilling your contractual obligations to, and his eyes glance towards Cha-Cha, she says she's short of art supplies. She's a contractor who knows about the existence of the Guardians. We can't afford to have contractor conflicts. We don't know because Mama J told us that when we got like our official chaperone, that our chaperone would help us with the deal and the funding because we don't have a deal and we don't have any funding. But we have provided Cha-Cha with Glow Ink. Also, a third of all beetles. Also, a third of all loot. And she has a canvas, if she asks, and Dilly will let his disguise off one of his hands fall for a second. Okay, can both of you guys give me a social roll? For Nyx, it will be a three. For Dilly, it will be a nine. Three level efforts. Ten. Fourteen. All right. For now, I'll assume you guys are honoring the terms as you guys are negotiating it. I just needed to check. Even operating in secret as we do, we can't afford to have our rep contracts getting a reputation of being suspect. I mean, we don't know like what the we've never seen the contract. Like we don't know what's in it. So we could be in like massive violation of the unseen contract. Like that's true. Well, the contract is between you and Chacha. Up until you met up with me, it's been completely between the two of you. It's whatever you could afford to pay her and whatever you agreed on. Oh, yeah, I had seven chins. Um, I have more than that. Uh, also, just a fun fact about Chacha. I don't think she cares about contracts exactly in like a linear way, if that makes sense. I She likes Nyx for sure. And that's why she's around. And that's why she hasn't killed us. All right. I'll admit that my briefing on Cha-Cha was pretty slim, but is she a danger? Oh, yes, very. But she's on our side, so... Well, she's on Nick's side, so... Usually. Okay. Should I be concerned? <laughs> Dilly turns to Nick's. Oh, God, she's gotten to us. <laughs> so, Cha-Cha is a horror-seeing agent of chaos, and... Mm -hmm. She likes us and is a valuable member of the team. Yeah, like that's, I think that's about as well as we can put it. Right. 
So Vlad leans back and looks at the ceiling for a moment and says, like Prentice. Okay, I'll adjust my explanation accordingly then. And he snaps his fingers and the bubble of imagery and sound disappears from Chacha's head. And he says to all of you, welcome to Mountain's Bone. I really wish that you could have been assigned anywhere else for this first outing, because this is going to be a rough start. I mean, it could be worse. We did blow up a lot of Sherman. We've already had the rough start, so this will be easy, I think. Okay, well, I guess it's good to have a positive outlook. At least here you won't have a criminal contingent looking for you and hunting you. We did get rid of the nuke, yes. He blinks. Um, okay. <laughs> I guess that's good. He clearly had no idea about a nuke. Anyway, I gather from my conversation so far with Bork here that you all encountered the Hendersons on your way in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They are eating rocks and asking for help. So. Yeah, sadly, they're not the first that have been mutated. I haven't had luck identifying the individual that's responsible for it, but I assume they are wielding an artifact of some sort that seems to cause random mutations. The Hendersons eat synth. There was a group of Delvers that were passing through that began eating crystal. There was another person who just immediately began bleeding from every pore and died. I was able to get rid of the bleeding person, but the Hendersons have been very vocal and highly noticeable. And I worry that if we don't find this individual, things are only going to get worse. So, has this been happening continuously uh, since you've been here? No, it's only been in the last month or so. I've been here for three or four months, exploring surrounding ruins in the mountains. But obviously, somebody weaponizing an artifact like this will take priority in our attention. This is incredibly dangerous. For us or for the synth eaters? The synth eaters. I mean, can we track it? I don't know. I don't know what your capabilities are. I know some about he looks at Dilly Bork here, and then he looks at Nixon, lacking another pseudonym, says, as well as Ne. But the information I have on you, Chacha, is more limited. I mean, there was that one time we tracked that other stuff. Maybe we should... We could see if we could see if it left any traces, but like, I think we'd have to empty the bar. I don't know if I have the authority to empty the bar. I'm just a patron here. I mean, I own 20% of the door. Yeah. So you said, I can show you where the incident took place. And he points to one other spot in the bar table along one of the far walls. And you notice that it is empty. And everybody else is keeping their distance from it, even taking tables closer and closer to other parties that they aren't talking to in order to avoid it. And he says, that's where the Hendersons got changed. Chat just see anything. So you're using your see beyond? Yes. Okay. Give me a perception roll of nine. Ten. Okay. So you see some sort of echoes of energy around that table. It feels familiar, almost like senses of home. You don't have a direct translation for it, and you don't know 
what it is. There's just something familiar about those echoes. I think Chad is going to go sit at that booth. Okay, so you go sit at that booth. It definitely has that familiar feel, but one of the things you notice is that physically you're uncomfortable there, even if in this sort of mental realm it feels more familiar. And it's at this point that I will offer Cha-Cha an XP. Yeah. Who will you give the other XP to? Where's everybody on tearing up? I have the XP. I'm just waiting for a good time to use it. Give to Stace. I am two XP short. And Stace. Thank you. You sense an echo here. As I said, it's kind of familiar. It's a little bit like Buddy Cop, but it's also a little like that pale apparition you saw in the caves beneath the hive. It's not either one of them. It just feels familiar. The other thing about this is it feels wrong. Like when you're in a city, when you're seeing the centipedes and the other horrors moving about, there's something about that that feels natural. Like that's just what they're doing at a given time. This echo feels like an intrusion, something that pushed its way into the world here that should not be. And you feel a chill in your spine because this echo just gives you the wiggins. Hey, Dilly, you come sit next to me. Uh, sure. Dilly comes over and sits next to Chacha. Okay. You're sitting next to Chacha in a wooden booth. What are we doing here? You feel anything? Uh, I feel there. I feel material of the table. Someone's made this table not appealing to people. Dilly takes his hands off the table. What do you, what do you mean? Like, how so? You don't feel it. I think, like, Chacha then, like, tries to, like, pull Dilly further into the booth. Like, see if if she scoots over, he'll hit that, like, you know, like when you're swimming, that one warm spot. But, like, not the pee warm spot. <laughs> it's just, like, this weird warm spot. And you're like, what is happening? Is it ever not pee? I, I mean, occasionally it has to not be pee. Because, like, you're, especially if, like, you're swimming in a lake. It's like, not everyone can pee. I feel like that's wishful thinking on your part, Alex. But, like, if you're alone in a lake, who else is peeing but you? I, I'm, on, I'm on Alex's side with this one. Every now and then there's a warm ghost. <laughs> then it should be super cold, then, if it's a ghost. Obviously, that's science. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is never cold. The only thing that's ever cold is ghost dicks. Maybe it's fish pee. Mm-hmm. Do fish pee? I thought they just did everything at once like a bird. They do. Most of them, I think, just have cloacas. Don't look it up. I gotta learn about animals, guys. Like, I don't fucking, <laughs> like, no. Do fish. <laughs> oh, my okay. book. Are you Googling fish pee? I already Googled uh, Rasputin's dick earlier, so why not? Again? It's true. Listeners, mm. Rasputin's dick, Google it. That's fair. Or, like, don't, if you don't want to see it. But I do want to see it. Yeah, you want to see it. it. You will get a picture of someone's dick. You will see a dick of some sort. Or it's a sea cucumber. We don't know. Fish do pee. Is what the first article that I found says. So. Mm. Never mind. You guys need to buy a children's book on animals. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen like goldfish shit, you know? I mean, I imagine it's like a quick burst of just like unneeded mm. ghost fish. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Stace. Ghost fish. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you didn't account for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm to write a sternly worded letter to my high school. Dear National Thank Geographic, you. what the fuck? <laughs> Where's the ghost pee? 
Dan, do I feel anything now that I'm in the ghost pee? Nope. What am I supposed to be feeling, Chacha? Because I'm just feeling more table. It, it feels like home, but like if you took your home and shoved it where it wasn't supposed to be. Okay. No, I kind of get that. Like, like this is haunted, right? Is that cursed? Haunted. Possessed? I mean, maybe. I mean, it's like if Buddy Cop and not Buddy Cop had a baby and then just like shoved it into this table. It's a dimensional hernia. Let's get a little thing real quick. Oh. Okay, Buddy Cop and Buddy Cop. There's two Buddy Cops? No, there's Buddy Cop and there's not Buddy Cop, who says Buddy Cop is evil, even though I made a deal with Buddy Cop to rescue Nix's parents. Hold on. Is this the first time Chacha's ever said any of this out loud? Mm, she's definitely talked about it before. But the evil part of a Buddy Cop? Actually, maybe. I don't know. You definitely talked about... Well, you haven't talked about not Buddy Cop before, I don't think. But you have talked about Buddy Cop. She's definitely said she owes a favor. Yeah, you've told that you made a deal with Buddy Cop, and Italia did scan you and told everybody that she saw that bracelet around your wrist. Okay. Right, bracelet chain. Okay. Delegate's kind of sad for a second. So, um, Natalia, she was still here, mentioned that you had a bracelet or something? Is that, like, burning? Or shaking? Or vibrating? Uh, Ooh, does it vibrate when we get into the ghost pee? So you're using your Seas Beyond? Yes. Okay, and what's your edge in intellect? My edge in intellect is three. Okay, so this will be free for you. So you look beyond and you look down at your bracelet and I need you to make an intellect defense roll of 12. Oh, shit. Oh, net 20, bitches. I was hoping I failed because that would have been funnier, you know? All right. So you won't take any damage from this, but you are feeling yourself being kind of pushed away from looking at the bracelet. It's too difficult to look at. What would you propose as a major effect? It gets more information on the ghost pee. Okay. So this echo, this discomfort, is something that somebody like Dilly is not going to be able to see or experience. Mm. It requires somebody with your special sight. Then why are people avoiding the table? Good question. It's just you and Dilly sitting there right now. Why are people at this table now? And she, like, slaps the table. Well, you invited me over here, so I came over. No, like, we need more people. Maybe more people will be more sensitive. I don't know. (laughs) You can't perceive it. And, like, Chacha, like, grabs his face and, like, we need to work on that. Um, I can try to build something that might detect what you can see. I think that would be a fun idea, because I feel like it would be useful if it was just not me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could probably... I would definitely need your help because I, I I obviously don't know what you're perceiving, but I could got out of character if I could get the little like uh, fucking sensor from Ghostbusters with the little arms. Oh my god, yeah. I have a vision of what I want this to be. We need to make it. Chacha, you and I will create the. I, we'll, we'll make the most powerful. I mean, the best detector ever. I think that's the best idea we've had in a while. I don't know. Getting out of Charmond is probably a. Good idea, but yes, absolutely. I don't know. Nix, what do you think? You try this table. I mean, yeah, sure. Scoot, scoot over. Scoot over, guys. Like, let's boost it up. 
Nick's, you don't get anything off of it. Solid booth, well constructed. I gotta say, like the carpenters in this town. <laughs> Did you know that this door is made out of a single piece of wood? I own twenty percent of it. Not the so you so all right, Chat Chat. Like when you own twenty percent of the door, that means that you get twenty percent of the amount that people pay at the door to come in to watch you perform. So like you get a cut of the ticket prices. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't actually get part of the door. I think I would prefer it. But in another way, you get 20% of the sacrifices. Want to think of it that way? I get 20% of the people? No, of the offerings that they give in order to watch you perform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but what? It doesn't sound like it'll be like useful in the end. Well, it's usually the form of money, cha-cha. So, and money can buy nukes, right? So like, don't ever forget it. True. We could like, you know, do that flipping again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, um, new guy, Papa Squat. You're t- we're testing the booth. Okay. Vlad has wandered over as you guys have been here. And he sits down and he looks at Nix and says, what alias do you want to go by while you're here? Yeah, I'm like kind of trying to think of what I want to be called. I've burned a few aliases at this point. So I was thinking maybe Snix, which is funny. And then like, uh, or like Tali. Just a quick thing. He already met Nix. He did, but he didn't get like a formal introduction. He ventured a Nith forth, but like there was no confirmation. Right. Like as far as the alias goes. So he says, why don't we call you... Carlisle. Carlisle, baby pack, and Bork. I just feel like Carlisle has, like, a lot of syllables. Uh, you used Ardolo on the road? Oh, I did? Yeah. How, what do you think of Ardolo? Like, I came up with that shit on the fly. I think it's I think it's pretty... Thanks, Dilly. I forgot. Should have wrote it down. Mm, it's good, but it might be a little awkward because Ardolo is one of our call signs. What about Rolo? Yeah, I had I have an uncle named Rolo. He died tragically, and it's just like... Mm. Although it is a common enough name in Thamor. You could be Cha-Cha. No, Cha-Cha, that's not... I'll be Carlisle. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. And then next we'll look under the table. How much gross is under the table? There are a few pieces of Ninth World gum under there, but that's about it. Mm. Any of them ciphers? Ooh, <laughs> we're checking this booth for ciphers. Nick's pops back up. Underside is nothing down there, Chacha. So here's the situation. This individual has been coming into town off and on for the last month. I don't know for certain who they are or where they are. Now, Race found some information about a place where they might be holed up, but it's not the kind of place that I would go independently. And even if I were to take race, I don't know if he's ready for it yet. It needs a larger group. Go ahead, Dilly. I was just going to say, nice lady at the bar said race was your partner. Is he uh, like, just getting a vibe check, kind of like your ward here? Little Robin to your Batman? Race is my understudy, if you will. He's relatively new to the order. Not quite as new as you, but he's had a very difficult start and it's three of you versus one of him you're fighting him no i just think he needs to sit this one out 
So I need you guys to go check out this space he identified for me. Oh, yeah. Checking things out. That's like our whole shtick. Like, but like, it's not going to survive. Yeah. And just to be clear, he looks at Nixon Dilly. This isn't a strategic mission. There's no grand plan around this. This is about us retrieving a dangerous actor and doing something right for the world, for this town. Well, we brought our own dangerous actor and Dilly gestures to Cha-Cha, so... We have a lot of stopping power. All right. So I'll tell you what. Go to this location, and he sketches out a brief map. If the artifact is there, return with the artifact. Retrieve it, if possible. We need to stop this individual. We'll find a way to safely destroy the artifact. And then once you get back, we can... And he looks at Nixon Dilly and then briefly glances at Cha-Cha, says, we can return to your prior assignment. Um, I would like to make an amendment to my contract that if this artifact feels like home, I get to keep it. That's incredibly dangerous. He looks at Nix, and he looks at Dilly. Your contractor, your problem. Chacha's not our problem. Chacha's our friend, so, you know. (laughs) But uh, Chacha, like, gonna say, like, that the most likely answer is yes. But, like, we might find out that it's super dangerous or something and we have to destroy it. Like, I can't make a blanket promise here. You let me keep a nuke for how long? And then I almost got captured while holding a nuke. Right. And we learn our lessons in this group. Like, we really think things through and improve. So this time we won't do that. You know what I'm saying? Fair. But then, like, I get to paint you next. Are you just going to, you're just going to trace? Like, oh, like, I'm going to, you see in the design, there's like more stuff in there. And she's like pointing at Nix's tattoos. Nix pulls up her shirt a little bit and shows off her rock hard abs. She's like, see, it's, it's like it's everywhere, dude. Like, there's, Dilly bounces a uh, piece of synth off of him. But like, yeah, like whatever, fuck it. Like you can paint, you can paint my new leg. You know, like that. And that hey, yeah, fuck, you can paint my new legs, Chacha. Uh, baby pack. <laughs> Flood looks at you guys and then sighs and says impatiently, "Please just go oh, check out." Right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we're we're out of here. I gotta be back for my gig. And the location, you said that out loud? The location that he gave you is roughly two miles north of town, away from the roads. So it will be rough terrain. Got it. Wrote it down. Thank you. That's the thing I do. I write things down. Mm -hmm. All right, we can go. All right. So you guys head out of town and you find your way to sort of a nondescript area of the mountainside. And there is a small cave opening of just about four feet in diameter. It's not a perfect circle, but it's close. But as you crouch to enter it, you see a much larger chamber in here. And in the center of this chamber is a structure about 10 feet in diameter and extending probably about eight feet tall that looks like it's a coral reef constructed of crystal. And there appears to be a control panel associated with it there where these purple crystals sort of glitter in the light that comes in through the cave opening behind you. Hey, Italia, will you... Uh, 
Uh, yeah. Nyx gets no response. Uh, I guess Chad is gonna slowly walk up and just start pressing buttons. Like, I guess we don't scan anymore. I guess we just do. Yeah, I guess we just look at it. I. Well, I, 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 I can, I can't scan. I can, I can take a look though. Let me at least tell you which. So is Chacha just pressing buttons, or is she trying to understand Numenera before she presses buttons? She's just pressing buttons. What is this understanding Numenera? Okay, so she's just pressing buttons. Alex, evens or odds? I'm going to go even. Stace, roll die. Tell me if you get even or odd. Odd. Okay. So Chacha goes up to this coral structure, and she's pressing buttons on the control panel. And then quite suddenly, so subtly that... Even Chacha doesn't notice it at first. The whole structure, that whole diameter structure with Chacha in it, sinks below the ground, going down like as if it's like an elevator going down a tunnel. And the crystal itself is sort of almost melting. And then Nix and Dilly, you guys are left in this chamber above, and all these crystals along the wall begin glowing. Push the button again. You press the button again, nothing happens. Oh, I do have a explorer's pack, so I guess double fist to glow globe and pew pew. So you're double fisting glow globe and pew pew, and you can see all around you all these creatures. They've got sort of insectoid-like bodies, but too many legs. Like it's an insect body, like with the three parts, but it also has like almost as many legs as centipedes and their exoskeletons are very angular and they're scuttling all around you in this cave area and then we cut back up to dilly and nix this higher up part of the cavern and chacha has disappeared down below dilly pulls out the pew pew gun he has now mm-hmm. uh... so question chacha went down into like this underground chamber. We don't know where she is. Is there still, like, a hole where that is? The coral structure above it, even though it was kind of melty, the it had a sort of ceiling part, so that is now covering the hole. You can see the difference in texture, but it's it, there's no hole. It's covered. Did the control panel go with her? It did. Next, we'll walk over to the ceiling and stomp on it with her synth leg. Okay. So you go stomp on it with your synth leg. Nothing seems to happen. Does it sound hollow or like it's not like, like does it sound like a thick surface? Like what? It sounds pretty thick. Hmm. And Dilly attempts understanding Numenera, try to quickly deduce what these crystals are doing, if there's anything besides glowing. Sure. So you're neutral in understanding Numenera, so it would be a 15. All right. Yeah, I got plenty of intellect. Let's write three levels of efforts. I can do that now. Oh, wow. So that brings it down to a six. <laughs> What'd you get, Samson? That a one. It's a one. Oh, my. Oh. Are you going to keep it? Yeah, I'm going to keep it. I want to let tear up. So I have a one. <laughs> okay. So, Dilly, as you're looking at this, you can't seem to figure out a way to work with the opening, that, that sort of closed-off area directly, but... You think you have found a cunningly hidden set of wiring leading to the sidewall. Now, the walls here don't appear to be stone. They appear to be a little bit more organic in nature. 
but you suspect that there is a way if you guys dig into the wall the right way there might be a release that could open this up and free cha-cha okay okay nix i have an idea and then i think nix sees just like a bunch of like math equations explode around dilly's head (laughs) and dilly says i think this one and dilly's gonna shoot one of the crystals one that's kind of i think um in the farthest back away from the entrance all right so that'll be a six to hit it since it's stationary 12 okay so you hit it and that crystal shatters and cha-cha please take four might damage god damn it Good shot, Dilly. Holy shit. Thanks. I thought that would do more. Uh, shit. All right. Um, do you think you could dig into the side over here where the crystal was? I was trying to, I was hoping the crystal would like explode and then we could like find a secret control panel behind the door. Uh, wall, I mean, by, behind the wall. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Nyx walks up to the wall and she's like sort of feeling around and then she'll like make a blade with her hand and pull back and she's just gonna try to blade right in all right so give me a might roll of nine would you consider that an unarmed attack yeah three okay so you hit it and the tips of your fingers strike it and it just hurts so much it stinks nix will wind up with the left okay winding up the left while you're shaking your right i'm gonna get it this time dilly like oh yeah okay 16 Okay. Cha-Cha, you'll take five might damage. (gasps) But does Nick's hand penetrate the wall? It does. Your hand goes through this organic surface into this goo, and there's a suction-y feeling. It's actually hard to get your hand out. Uh, Dilia might be able to, like, split this farther and crawl in there, but Nick's will go in up to the shoulder. I'm not... Is she feeling another side? No, you're just feeling more goo. But if you're going up into the shoulder, Cha-Cha will take an additional might damage. This is hard. I don't want to roleplay Cha-Cha to death. <laughs> I got like four might points left, so... <laughs> Nix will up to the shoulder in the wall. We'll look back at Dilly and say, Are you sure about this? Because like I am not feeling anything but goo and like I could crawl in there. I swear I read something like this. I... I can try shooting in there. Like, maybe you, like, can't, like, maybe your arm's not long enough. Doesn't this thing seem, like, alive to you? Like, this is, this is, like, ex- it felt like a kind of, like, skin. Like, do you think it's moving? No, I don't. It, oh. hmm. Daniel's not moving, right? No, it doesn't seem to be moving. No, nothing's moving. I just, like, I don't want to crawl into the goo. And, like, I can't breathe goo is my main concern, Dilly. That's fair. I... Or I haven't been able to, like, as yet. Hmm. I think we put a pin in this. Okay, but this is a solid plan B, I think. And Nix will pull her arm back out, and what's all over it, Daniel? There is a sort of reddish-pinkish mucus all the way up your arm. It's relatively thick. Ugh. Nix will shake it violently without any regard for Dilly's presence. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some of it will splat on Dilly, but honestly, most of it does not come off. Ugh. But Nyx will sniff it. (laughs) You don't recognize the smell. Well, I suppose I should be fair. Give me an intellect roll of nine. Twelve. Okay. So it smells faintly, not exactly, but faintly of cha-cha. 
kind of smells like cha-cha. Like, isn't that weird? The cha-cha's down whatever the fuck that thing is. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, cha-cha, you're down here in this cavern, and you hear this strange gurgling noise. And all of those little insect angular things scatter. And then you hear what sounds like a woman's voice say, Oh, you're new. And that's where we'll end this episode. Y'all are going to kill me. Sorry. We'll make a new character even more useless. Cash is not useless. She's going to be a librarian. Librarians are extraordinarily useful. Oh, no, no, no. Like, not a good librarian. Like, the kind that got fired for being a bad librarian. (laughs) Not even, like, the I got fired because, like, the mummy librarian situation. So, Stace, something about this episode. Ooh. The, again, going to pick. Something that happened next, the cult conversation, the of the benevolent, like the experience from the other mm. side, which is really interesting because Nix's family's like bought in, right? There's like a family history of support. So she didn't experience this mm-hmm. phenomenon. And she went back to her family eventually, right? Because her mom was in trouble. So I'm not quite sure what Nix is going to do with that yet, but it'll be interesting. Mm, yeah, I'm curious about that as well. So we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener and XP, to check out something that we think you would really dig. This week, it is Stace's turn. Stace, what would you offer our listeners and XP to check out? I will offer our listeners and XP to check out Guns of the Dawn by Adrian Tchaikovsky. It is a fantasy novel. It is pseudo-Napoleonic. It is a war story. So... Emily Marshwick is the main character. She's like minor nobility in this nation. I think it's pronounced Laskin. I'm not sure. That's how I think it. Basically, Laskin's been at war with their enemies, Denland, for a long enough time that they've had to institute a draft. They've drafted all of the men. And now they're starting to draft women. Like one family or every family has to provide one woman now to the army. And Emily goes in her own stead instead of sending someone else, which other nobles tend to do. And there's a little bit of magic in this world, not a ton, but there's some. And so Emily goes to war. It's like muskets and cannons and stuff like that. And her arena is like a swampy area where she's like holding down the front line, basically, like her and her, obviously the other units there. She turns out to be pretty good at it. I don't want to spoil anything as always my struggle with, you know, recommending these things, but it's really gritty and grim. And it is a book that I've read many times. And every time I get done with it, I just like stew and think on it for a while because it. I think it is a pretty accurate, it's accurate in a lot of ways. So, you know, it, it's not like all heroism and glory. It removes the glamour in a lot of ways. And it also talks about the impact at home and on returning soldiers and there's some disillusionment and things like that. It really touches on a lot of things. And it's a strong woman main character, which is always a plus for me. And I do love the Napoleonic era. So it's one of my favorite books. I just have to spread out my readings of it because it is such a powerful and good novel. So I can't recommend it enough. Guns of the Dawn by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Very cool. Samson, if somebody wanted to reach out to us and tell us what they think of Guns of the Dawn or the podcast, how would they do that? Oh, well, we have a bunch of uh, social media sites that they could find us on. For the full list, they can go to our website, explorerswanted.fm. 
They have specific social medias that they favor. On Twitter, we are Explorers Wanted. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. Pretty active on our Discord, so if you want to just talk to us directly there, you can find us via explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. Additionally, if you feel that we should have money for what we've just done here today, and it is within your means, patreon.com slash explorerswanted. You can support us there. Yes, absolutely. And if you enjoyed the show, honestly, the best thing that you could do to support us is to tell a friend and to tell them why you like the show and why they should listen to it. Mm -hmm. The second best thing you could do is to leave us a five-star written review on a podcast directory, specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Podchaser. Those five-star written reviews make a huge difference in people checking out the show. We're a small show, so... Anything that shows up in those reviews really helps us get the word out. If you didn't like the show, or if you just thought it was meh. Well, when you walk in the dark alone, that's when doubt creeps in. Certainly doubt in your surroundings, but deeper than that, doubt in your understanding of reality. The night air seems like a flimsy veil through which you can see shadows of the things that await you on the other side. I hate to be the one to tell you this. That doubt It's the part of you that understands the truth, the part of you that can perceive the thing itself. It won't help, but if you trust it, maybe you'll get a chance to catch a glimpse before the end. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Twitter at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Windu. Uh, I also don't help at Slam Potato. I think my brain just shut down like for five seconds. Was that a thing? At Realty Unicorn. Yeah. I think I do Twitch still. Tea with the Unicorn. Yeah, maybe. Yes, you do. I watched your stream just yesterday, so I assume you still do it. <laughs> I mean, who knows what day it is anymore? I thought it was Wednesday for five minutes. <laughs> Word. <laughs> All right. That's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye. 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 It is canon. It is fact. Um, and he sounds like a monkey, like a monkey or a squirrel or something. He does sound like a tamarind who's been given a grape. (laughs) (laughs) I like the specificity.